This is the Bless Your Boys podcast. BlessYourBoys.com is your home for all things Detroit Tigers baseball on the SB Nation platform. Each week, join hosts Brandon Day and Ashley McLennan as we bring you the best from around the world of baseball from a Detroit Tigers perspective. All right, everyone, welcome back. This is the Bless You Boys podcast, and uh, I don't know, this is going to be a very Astro-themed show tonight. Um, I don't know, this is all that's going to be talked about in the in the next week, probably, is the fact that the Houston Astros uh, general manager and manager both got a one-year ban from, from baseball, both have been fired. Uh, there's going to be a ton made of, of the, the Astros' hubris and everything blowing up in their face in the coming months, and... Um, and that's rightly so because uh, they just they seem like assholes. <laughs> I mean, what, what went on there? Putting the ass and Astros. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the best part of it is the fact that we have here the most data and tech savvy team, the you know the team of the future in baseball, and they were undone by a fucking trash can. <laughs> yeah, trash could, can of wiffle ball bat. You know, I mean, you just you couldn't write it up any different or any better um, for all their prowess and information gathering. Um, their crude uh, communication systems failed them entirely, and they didn't put enough uh, put enough effort into that side of things. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking of all the the ways you could use the scoreboard to transmit the signals to the hitter, or you know, some other way. But no, you've you've got a guy up the hallway, walloping on a trash can, beating on a can, and making yeah. a deep booming noise coming uh, at regular intervals <laughs> from the tunnel. Well. So it goes, and uh, yeah, I mean, what what did you think of the punishments when you when you first heard? Was that what you were expecting? I know a lot of people were surprised, like, oh, that you know, it was a lot of like, oh, they're not going to do anything to him, or everyone's going to be banned for life. It was kind of all over I, the map. I was of the the kind of like camp where I thought they weren't going to have anything done, but at the same time, I, I was like pretty adamant that something had to be done and MLB has been pretty bad about following through on stuff like that. So I thought maybe it would be just like, Oh no, you owe us a million dollars. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so I did feel like it was a fair um, punishment because the $5 million fine that they got is the max allowed as far as fines go. Um, which is something I think they're going to have to look at raising, especially for situations <laughs> like this. Yeah. Um, cause 5 million did feel very low. 5 million is nothing compared to, to what, uh, um, those teams make and have. And I saw somebody make a great point on Twitter. They're like, Oh, they should take that money and give it to the minor leaguers. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, wouldn't that be brilliant? Like, cause these teams have fought so hard to keep minor leaguers with no pay and just to like distribute this $5 million among the minor leagues would be amazing. Yeah. Especially because um, the, the Astros are kind of like the, the key team in pushing the whole, Oh, we don't need, you know, all these levels in the minor leagues. We can do this all with data. We don't need scouts. Yeah. They were one of the pushers of that. So that would be uh, quite fitting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, the stuff like losing their draft picks, I think is going to hurt them more than the $5 million fine for sure. Yeah. Um, That's so first and second round picks. And that was, yeah, two, two consecutive years. <laughs> the next two draft. No, I tweeted about this and I feel like it's a great way to go going forward is that apparently way back in the Tigers past because they got involved in some sort of shenanigans, 91 or 92 of their minor leaguers were made free agents. Um, and other teams could kind of just take them. Oh, wow. <laughs> which which um, well, Tigers History posted about on their Twitter, and then I shared that. And this is a great idea if you want to like really punish teams who cheat. And I agree with that. I think that that would just be really like 
that would keep teams from doing what this kind of thing. If you were to say like, oh, you know what? Guess what? We're taking all of your top prospects away. Yeah. Uh, other teams can have them now. Uh, so sorry, you shouldn't have cheated. I think that more than a $5 million fine would absolutely teach the lesson that was trying to be taught here. I don't know. I don't know that we can say that Jeff Luno and, and AJ Hinch will never get a job again because I think they will. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in relation to the, the Red Sox, which is a whole other kettle of fish we'll get into probably towards the end. But like Dombrowski had already been fired. He'll probably still get a job somewhere. Um, and then Cora was let go today or left, quote yeah. unquote left. to kind of avoid any official punishment, but, but he's going to get banned for at least a year and probably more because he was the one active for both teams. Yeah, yeah. He was the active person, you know, running the scheme basically. Um, so the one thing that keeps, and I, I want to know what your bless you, what your opinion is on this. Um, some folks were getting real feisty at me for saying that I was fine with the punishment because they wanted to see the players get punished. Because apparently, if you read both of the statements from, from Hinch and Lunau, that, you know, am I saying that right? Lunau? Lun- yep. Lunau? Yep, Jeff Lunau. Yep. Um, he, so both of them were like, we didn't know anything that was happening. It was the players. And none of the players are getting punished. And I didn't get, I wasn't surprised by that because weeks ago they had announced that no players were being punished. And I think my take on that was like, well, I, I think it's hard to know who was involved in it. Like who did it. They're on different teams now. Um, so if you're going to punish them by like, you know, suspending them for a year, you're not hurting the Astros. You're hurting another team. Um, and then there's the idea of fines, but they're also super rich. And then the other part of it is that if you start to, you know, do things to the players, the MLBPA gets involved and say, we don't need one more tick in the column of things leading to the practically inevitable coming strike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least a major confrontation. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that they, I mean, I guess what went down is that they, you know, they basically offered the players amnesty to come in and, you know, lay it on the line. Like, if you guys really do tell us the truth, then we can corroborate all this. And, you know, we're comfortable with that. You know, you, you guys are all going to be immune. So, but we need you to do that. And that was, yeah, part of the process of getting, you know, getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, you know, the players, you, do, you don't really know who was who was using it. I mean, we can look at John Boy Media and some of his... You know, the clips that he and others have posted and say, like, okay, there's Alex Bregman. You know, there's Evan Gaddis or Jose George Altuve. Springer. Yep, Springer. Um, so, you know, like, to some degree that, that all those guys were involved. And it does kind of suck that, that the players get to walk here. And I think one of the things that's hard about it is that, you know, from a structural standpoint, it makes sense that the general manager who runs the organization and the manager who runs the team are responsible for everything that happens. Um, you know, in, in that organization. And so they're the ones who have to take the, the first shot. But we're in a, but this isn't a normal business where the manager and the general manager are, you know, far better paid than all the employees. In this case, it's the reverse. And it's just hard to know how much you can ask the, you know, the manager to, to you know, go into, you know, talk to, you know, Justin Verlander or some, you know, a superstar caliber player and, demand that they stop doing something um you know teams try to avoid it ever coming to any kind of confrontation like that because the players you know are are the commodity the players play the game that's who we want to see and they're the ones who get paid and so they have way more power and and those power 
dynamics in a in a baseball team are are strange compared to almost any other you know kind of example you would find in life and i don't know that that throws another wrench into like how you eventually correct this um the, you know the crazy thing is too i think it was september 15th 2017 the red sox had kind of been busted over the apple watch thing um, Major League Baseball sent out, you know, a notice to all the general managers telling them, you know, that they knew that, you know, various shenanigans using technology were going on and they wanted it all to stop right then. And as long as it stopped right then, you know, everyone would walk, you know, like that would be it. Like we all, we all know it was getting yeah. out of hand by a lot of teams, but it stops right now. And Jeff Lunau just like, you know, just moved that into his trash and didn't even pass it along to the rest of his team. And that one point where there might have been some leverage to, to go to Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran and whoever else was, you know, central to it and say, like, listen, this is the end. We're cutting this out. You know, it's, it's gone this far, but they're cracking down on the other teams, too. We're all going to be on a level playing field where we have to go back to just, you know, using our eyes to pick up signs. You, know, yeah. you can still use your trash can to, to signal, even though it's ridiculous, but... Um, yeah, I mean, and at that, you know, that was the point where they everybody had their second chance and they blew it immediately. And yeah, I mean, Jim Crane, the Astros owner, came out and was asked, you know, is the 2017 World Series tainted now? And said no, you know, flatly, like no. And uh, and that's just asinine, <laughs> you know. Like we all know that whatever the history books say, this will always be a tainted World Series. This will always always go down as as one of the bigger scandals in the game. And I don't know how much worse the Astros were doing, you know, things than, than any other team out there, but they're the ones who got caught. Um, it, it was all laid out for us. And so, you, you know, they're just going to have to endure the mockery and, uh, and scorn of the entire league now. And, you know, that sucks, yeah. especially for Astros fans. Um, and I'd like to send them uh, some love because I'm sure it sucks to be an Astros fan the last few days, especially. But, you know, getting mad about it on, on Twitter or online is just dumb. You know, you guys are just going to have to take the hit. And it sucks, but that's just yeah. The way yeah it they're is. they're guilty. Like you guys have defended it till the end of the earth, but they admitted it, and they're guilty. And I don't even see how Hinch can even pretend he didn't know what was going on. There was a giant f and TV screen at the back of the dugout, like just at the back of the stairs leading up to the clubhouse. Well, the thing is, AJ Hinch said that on two occasions he broke the monitor to to stop them from doing it. So I don't even think he denied that. He had some sense that it was going on, um, but he didn't stop it, you know, and that, that's his thing. Like, oh, I didn't do enough to stop it. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, you, you guys didn't stop it at all. Um, yeah, and then, of course, the conversation expands to, like, are, you know, are the Astros pitchers, you know, culpable in some way? Uh, I don't really think so. I mean... It's, but it's you have to imagine they know, I'm right? I'm sure that they know. I'm sure that at least some of them knew that they were stealing. I'm sure they all knew that they were stealing signs and communicating them. Um, there's no, you know, I, yeah, I don't know how you get around like, knowing I mean, that. Guys on their off days are still standing in the dugout here in that trash can get walloped. Like. Yeah, but of course, that that's not the part that's illegal, which is even kind of crazy in its own right. Like, that's all fine. That was all fine and still is fine. The only the thing you would have to know is that they had you know, a dedicated camera, you know, feeding the, the catcher zoom view to the person up the hallway. And, you know, yeah. I, I can definitely see how yeah, on a major league baseball team, you just don't know the things you don't want to know, you know, um, and just kind of ignore that. Um, so I don't, I don't know if, if they were all like a hundred percent aware that what they were doing was like, you know, cheating in a, in a way that was beyond the pale and, and would get them all busted. Or if they just figured it was just the regular run of the mill cheating, 
I don't know, and I don't really, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people arguing about that. I don't really particularly care. <laughs> um, you know, we know that the hitters were the ones who were benefiting from it, and if everyone wants to throw a blanket over the Astros and just be like, everybody who's, you know, everybody who's been there is trash, well, you're going to have to include Don Kelly in that, so that's going to be tough to do, but I understand <laughs> if, uh, you know, if, yeah. that's, if people have just thrown up their hands and are just like, nope, you know, the, the whole organization is garbage. Um but, you know, garbage cans. Yeah, garbage, garbage cans. Um, but, you know, we have to, I do think there has to be some parsing that goes on. Like, one of my favorite writers, I'm sure you love her too, Lindsay Adler, um, mm-hmm. covers the, the New York beat. And um, she said something earlier about, you know, like, well, you know, apparently, like, all those takes about how smart the Astros were, you know, were mistaken. And, like, as a joke, I totally get it. But by the same token, I do think we have to recognize still that there are, you know, the Astros were really smart. That's, that's a smart organization. They did innovate in a lot of things, and it's that very smartness that, you know, led them to just think that they were above the law and, you know, couldn't be criticized by anything and just allowed this culture to, to run wild there. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, to some degree it is like being the smartest guys in the room to the yeah. point where they're so insular about it that they don't even realize, like, how far out of the bounds they've gotten. Um, and, yeah, and they do now. <laughs> so, Yeah. But again, like, I'm not going to criticize anyone for smashing on the Astros because, you know, they're fair game. Yeah. You know who I feel bad for in all of this? I got to say. Brandon Taubman. (laughs) No. Oh, God. Does anybody feel bad for Brandon? No, I feel bad for the Dodgers. Yeah. I I feel bad. Like, I feel like, and there's so many takes out there of people being, oh, they should have to forfeit their World Series win. No Dodgers fan on earth. I mean, I can't speak for all of them, but I feel like none of them would want that victory that way. Yeah, I agree. As like a default victory. Like, I, I, I feel bad them for the Dodgers. Vac- I mean, I could see them wanting it vacated, like yeah. erased maybe. But, even but then that, what does that mean? It means I know. nothing. I, know. I feel bad for the Dodgers for those two years. I feel bad for you, Darvish. Yeah. I feel bad. And you, Darvish, ugh, just taking it like a champ the entire time, going, no, it was my fault. I was bad. And I'm like, no, you. It was not your fault. Yeah, I came out on Twitter today like a boss, like, hey, if the Dodgers are going to have a, uh, a 2017 World Series parade, can I come? <laughs> and can someone make me a you is trash t-shirt to wear? <laughs> I didn't see any of that. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he was very good at Twitter. Yes. Oh. oh, that's too funny. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's so many, you know, it's easy to think of it kind of as like sort of a victimless crime, but there are so many effects to a team winning the World Series and a team losing the World Series that are, you know, are just never going to be able to be unpacked. Like all the, you know, all the pitchers who got rocked by the Astros that year, you know, and, and they're, you know, whatever. Maybe their numbers look bad. Maybe that cost them money in free agency. Maybe they couldn't get a major league contract. You know, because of a couple at bats that, re- or a couple games maybe that really skewed their numbers. It could have legit messed up arbitration for them. Yep. Like, yes. We saw what you Darvish went through, you know, being called a choker for, you know, a year and a half and not getting what he was worth in free agency. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not a victim victimless cl- crime. And, you know, the other victim is the, the Astros fans who had nothing to do with this. And, um, and that's why I can't really see. Like taking the World Series no. away, yeah, it's it, and it's just a weird thing to do. We all saw what happened. You know, they they won they won the World Series. You know, we we can they we can didn't win the it thing. fair, but they won it. Like, yeah. I mean, we're gonna call them the Houston Asterix forever now. That's you know, that's that's just gonna be the na- the name of that that World Championship winning team um, forever after. But 
Yeah. yeah plus, I'm not going to take that win away, that final win away from Charlie Morton. Uh-huh. I can't. Oh, it was such a good moment. Yep. Like, just that final part of the game, and now he's at the Rays, and I just can't. I can't take that Charlie Morton moment away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love Charlie Morton. There's a, there were a lot of players on that team who I, you know, I really genuinely like and respect. But yeah, it's uh, it's especially interesting to see after that World Series, like all the think pieces about you know the art of leadership, you know, embodied by AJ Hinch and you know, oh. man of character. Um, all this kind of stuff, you know, and I bought into that. AJ Hinch seems like a great dude. He's like, you know, smart guy. Um, the Astros have, you know, basically fumbled their way from one, you know, disastrous scandal or PR blow up um, to another for the past, you know, year and a half. And almost at every turn, it was AJ Hinch who actually like came out and like, you know, made a coherent, you know, and and somewhat responsible statement. He was yeah. like the only guy everyone still had, you know, all that respect for, but. Um, after, you know, after this, you know, he's never going to be viewed the same way. And, I, you know, I think you're right that he's he's going to work in baseball again. Um, but I but I definitely think there have to be, you know, some questions, like even to manage the Tigers, where I'd be like, yeah, I kind of still want H.A. Hinch to manage the Tigers. But, you know, this is the guy who said, and I've got the quote right here, you know, when he was accused this year in game one of the ALCS by the Yankees that the, you know, that they were stealing signs and using whistles to, to communicate A.J. Hinch said, uh, the whole thing just made me laugh because it's ridiculous. Had I known it would take something like that just to set off the Yankees, we would have practiced it in spring training. And that was characteristic of most of his statements when pressed on any of these things. You know, he was smug. Um, you know, he, he was smarmy about it. And in retrospect, all those quotes um, should be used against him because they, they look real bad in retrospect. Oh, yeah, like, Trevor Bauer was sharing videos. I mean, I can't go an episode without mentioning Trevor Bauer, apparently, but he's been extra salty about it online the past couple of days. He is loving this, um, yeah. He is, because, of course, and I don't know that it has anything to do with, it has nothing to do with directly with the scandal, but Trevor Bauer did accuse, um, I, I now, the details of it are lost to my terrible 30-something memory, but Very he cool. was accusing yeah. Astros pitchers of using, I think, pine. Um, he, yeah. was, he was accusing the pitchers of cheating somehow. Yeah, it was, um, it was and I, so, I, I remember, it was Garrett Cole, and it was all about Garrett Cole's foreseen spin rate going up a little bit with the Astros, and yeah, saying that it's either pine tar or, you know, some other sticky substance, because there's no other way to improve your spin. So, he's been in fights with the Astros yeah. all, all along, and with Lance McCullers um, in particular. Yeah, Lance McCullers, and he was really getting into Colin McHugh um, yesterday, um, to the point where I, th- I believe my favorite was that he posted a video of him asking Surrey for the definition of hypocrisy, Oh, which I want to keep that video forever, because Trevor Bauer talking about hypocrisy, <laughs> yeah. um, it's just chef's kiss, like it's so... Anyway, but he's delighting in it. He's having a great time. He's going on podcasts. He's going on the radio. He's going everywhere he can. But yeah, he like he was posting videos of some of Hinch's statements going, oh, this has aged well kind of thing. And I'm <laughs> yep. like, oh, no. Yep. And somebody else is like, how long have you been hanging on to that clip, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit obsessive compulsive. But of course, yeah. it's Trevor Bauer. So yes, yeah. yes, he is. 
Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, the, the background on that is that he and Garrett Cole pitched in college together on the same team and were like more rivals than anything else because Trevor has always been like, oh, we got to, you know, I'm doing it my way kind of kind of a thing. And yeah, I guess they, they just didn't get along. And yeah, it's that animosity has definitely carried carried over because, yeah, it's been a war. You know, Garrett Cole doesn't talk that much on Twitter. It's more like Lance McCullers, Alex Bregman. Mm-hmm. Um, the youngins getting saucy um, in re- in return fire, but um, but yeah, so yeah, everybody's you know everybody's having their fun with the Astros, and you know most of the Astros um, are doing the right thing and shutting the fuck up because there is nothing that they can say right now. You can't say anything. Well, the best part is they're doing Winter Caravan right now. Oh, are they? Oh <laughs> no! Oh, that's got to be brutal. I'm gonna guess that Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke are not at that caravan. I would assume not, but uh, yeah, I think it's just, it, it's not a, but still like people are out and about. I think they were at like a military base today doing something and at least, you know, those guys will be a bit respectful, but whew, yeah. what a time to be in the hot seat. Yep. Yep. Gotta be a little sweaty, a little sweaty dealing with all that. Yeah. And you know, and, and we'll talk about Alex Cora in a minute because that's, that's just going to be a, you know, a, this is just part of the kind of spill out or fallout from this whole thing but um you know what i'm not hearing much about i'm not hearing much about mike fires hero um and the and we should right if everybody's like oh you know the astros are the worst and thank god they you know they got brought down you know they, this is what they deserved all along mm-hmm. well you you all have mike fires to thank and i have no doubt the way baseball and sports fans are that mike fires is going to end up remembered like a rat um, despite and the he'll fact. end up being something of a villain, which is a terrible thing. Yep. Because he's the only person who is honest enough to say anything. Yep. Yep. Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich wouldn't have had a story for the Athletic to break this whole thing open if it wasn't for Mike Fires being being the one to recognize that like this is this has no, all gone too far. Everyone's on Twitter going, "Hey, it's the guy with the weird cat tail facial hair. He's the one who made this all happen." Just yeah. like. No, he's just there the word integrity has gotten thrown around a lot today. Yeah. In statements, and I think maybe the only person who had any of it was Mike Fires. Yep. And I mean, obviously he didn't do it while he was there, but um but it's obviously something that had kind of been eating at him, you know, all along that the Astros were just kinda of out of control. And as we've seen, they've been out of control in, you know, numerous ways, uh, like in their, you know, mistreatment of the media, um, like the the whole disastrous handling of the Robert Ozuna signing and the Robert Ozuna oh trade, excuse me, in the first place and then well, this rubbing Stephanie it in. Well, Epstein story. Yeah, rubbing uh, it in. Illustrated the whole, I mean, if we're going to talk Tigers, the Anthony Fennec thing where they barred him from the clubhouse. Yeah, like, physically, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's been a really bad year and a bit for the Astros. Yeah, it really is. Like, basically since the moment they, they traded for Robert Ozuna, like, everything has just gone to absolute shit over there. Um, yeah. And yeah, and it, it just feels like comeuppance. It really, really does. And they're they're not going to find any sympathy anywhere. Um, and now, I mean, I think it, it's really hard to know, like, what the effect is both short and long term. Like, losing your first and second round pick the next two years is brutal. Like, that that's mm-hmm. that's the, the only real punishment on the organization here. And I understand, like, why people look at the organization here and feel like they, you know, that part of it got off scot-free because, you know, there wasn't really the fine is negligible, you know, the owner's going to just shake that off and the two guys, you know, in charge of everything just get fired and everybody else goes on their merry way. But th- those draft picks are going to, are going to burn them. That, that's going to hurt them, you know, two, three, yeah, five, four six years. years down. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to hurt them in the long run quite a lot. 
Yeah, and I can see them doing worse to them to, um, to almost make sure that they don't have a chance now. Um, but I, yeah, it's just hard to know how else you'd go about it without, you know, breaking from pretty much every precedent that's ever been set to, uh, yeah, strip I mean, them of players or <laughs> put all their star just, players like, up for a draft. From the international draft for that same period would also really hurt them. Yeah, did they? Maybe they did do something along those lines too. I can't. I can't remember. If I didn't hear anything about the international draft, but I might have missed that. But I think if they were barred for the next two years from the international draft, as well as missing their first two draft picks for the next two years, that would really hurt them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you know that's that's the blow, and they're they're just gonna have to to suck it up. But I it is interesting to think too. Yeah. What is what is the fallout this year? Because. I don't know. Those teams are going to get booed a lot of places. Um, I, I would imagine that, you know, you, you won't get too many of those guys to break down crying and confessing, you know, that this was all terrible. You know, they're, they're all going to do do guy stuff and baseball stuff and, and just anybody in any kind of crisis stuff mode. and Rub and, some dirt on it. Yeah, rub some dirt on it and just try to go on. But, you know, they don't have their manager. You know, they are going to be reviled everywhere they go. They, they've got a new GM. I don't know if, if everything will kind of proceed as normal, but, you know, they, they've already lost uh, Mr. Taubman, who was an assistant GM. So there's a lot of change for them to deal with, and th- there's going to be a lot of just, like, karmic uh, energy to overcome if, if they really yeah. want to compete next year. And the A's have got to be sitting there thinking, like, oh, here we go. It's, it's all opening up in front of us now, maybe. God, my favorite tweet of the entire, like, all of this fallout Um was I think it was Craig Kustens or one of those guys one of the Craigs was just like it was like all of MLB all caps like oh my god Astro scandal was it enough was it not too was it too much and then meanwhile it's like all in lowercase going how much for Tony Kemp <laughs> yep yeah that they sneakily got Tony Kemp from the Cubs while everybody else was losing their minds about everything else and I'm just like bless you Oakland they're just off they're not even worried about anything yeah we still have my players i wonder how yeah i mean i kind of wonder how billy epler over with the the angels is feeling because you know that's one of the few gms that we've kind of been like hey you know you you, this was you guys time to go for it the way it was the phillies last year and they haven't really i mean obviously signing anthony rendon is huge but it just doesn't feel like it changes the calculus too much for them when they only won what 72 games last year um you know they've got a new manager they've got a a sweet new third baseman, but they still haven't really gone after it in the pitching side. And with the Astros taking this this hit, yeah, you you think they'd uh, they'd be looking at it like, all right, we really need to to make a trade for a good pitcher here and, and try to <coughs> try to get after it. Yeah, exactly. They traded for Matt Andresi today and said that maybe they would try to use him as a starter, but I don't know that that's going to work out super well. He's he's better off in relief, and that's a good get. But yeah, I mean, like ah, that rotation just just doesn't look like it has much of a chance. Me so. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting in the AL West to see uh, see if the Astros can kind of hold it together here or if this just sort of, you know, internally just crumbles the clubhouse um, and, and, and the chemistry there. I don't know. You got to think it can't help the atmosphere of the clubhouse at all to have gone through this. Yeah. Or at least now it won't. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what the, what happens with that. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see what impact it has on them. Yeah. Like they're talking about just promoting the you know the bench manager to the full manager position to kind of re- retain some continuity, and I mean that some of that makes sense. But you'd also think like maybe this maybe it's the time to just kind of clean house with like all the yeah. coaches and and get new blood in there so that they don't have to have this like weighing all over them. 
Um, and that's why I think you would agree that it made, obviously this was going to happen anyway, but it made sense for the Red Sox to just go ahead and not fire Alex Cora, but agree with Alex Cora that you're they going to be fired. So get out. ways. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the only way to manage these kind of scandals is to clear the personnel who are answerable. And then, yeah. you, you know, then in theory, with them gone, you can just, you know, try to move on with your life. And I'm sure that's what the Red Sox are thinking. Uh, but, boy, Heidenblum uh, kind of wandered into a shitstorm over, over there. Yeah, he's not going to have a fun first year there, that's for sure. Yeah. Trying uh-huh. to trade Mookie Betts away um, and, and trying feel- to get David Price uh-huh. contract out of there. That's the, all that was tough enough to start with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've got to see, and we'll wait and see what happens. Because if, if Cora is just allowed to leave with a mutual, okay, bye, um, that's not okay. Um, he needs to have like a full level, at least one year suspension. I think t- at least two, in my opinion, because he should have it for both teams. Yeah. Some people are suggesting banned for life. I'm like, ooh, that's, um, that doesn't happen a lot. Um, but I thought it was almost perfectly appropriate that I got an email today from ESPN's PR team. Mm-hmm. That they have a documentary coming out called Banned for Life. And I'm just like, are you guys hinting at something here? <laughs> um, of course, it's about the 1919 Black Sox and about Pete Rose and about all that sort of thing. So, um, But I thought the timing of it was, yeah, was that is, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's Chef's Kiss as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like when someone gets banned for life, it's almost always not just because of what they did, but because they at no point like ever like in Pete Rose's case has all you know fought it, denied it, um, even after admitting to it, like has has always complained about it and bitched and yeah. moaned. Um, if Alex Cora plays it right and just keeps his mouth shut, it, you know Alex Cora is like one of the most well liked people in the game uh, up until like a couple days ago. And so I imagine there there's some inertia, uh, you know, resisting the idea of banning him for life. But yeah, he better well, be real careful with, with what he's, and it may be too late, says. depending on what he's already said. But yeah, um, if, if he's careful, you would think he would get like, yeah, two, three years. And he's a youngish guy for a manager. What is he like, 46, 47? Yeah. Yeah. So he could still um, come back and have a long career as a manager. And I think the other thing to it's a kind of really important to note is that the people who have been banned for life, like Pete Rose, like the 1919 White Sox, um, they did stuff that was for personal gain. Yeah. Like there was money involved or gambling involved. They did things that weren't, I mean, I'm not saying that what the Astros did was okay because they did it to win a world series, but it's different. I think breaking the rules. Oh God, this is going to come across so wrong. And I hope my point comes through. Um, I think it's different when you break the rules for the benefit of a team as opposed to breaking the rules just to benefit yourself and your bank account. Yeah, I agree. Which isn't to say that, because I mean, I guess when you're managing a team and they win the World Series, you do benefit financially from it. Um, but I think there's a distinction there. Neither one of them are right, but I think there is a lesser of two evils. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, pushing to try to win as opposed to you know, putting this, this weird X factor into things where you've bet on games and maybe you're, you know, you're using your players differently for some games than, than you would in others. And it just, you know, the spiral of effects that can come out of like one person's selfish interest is just different than just trying really hard to win. And, and I guess I'd take that all the way back to, you know, the September 2017 email from the commissioner saying like, okay, we, we know that this is going on. Like at that point, whatever the Astros were doing, they were still, you know, they were still within the cohort, you know, they, they weren't outside the bounds and it was really just that last, you know, 
you know, two or three weeks or whatever, and then the postseason, where because they didn't stop it, you know, they've gotten blown up. So, <laughs> obviously that was beyond what all the other teams apparently did. Apparently the other teams who were involved in all that shut it down. Uh, the Astros didn't, and and yeah, th- th- that's kind of going to be the crux of it. But it wasn't that what they were doing was so out- outrageous or beyond what everyone else was doing. They just didn't stop when, you know, when everyone else When they did. were told to. Yeah, the music stopped playing, and they were the only ones who said, no, I don't, I don't need to sit down, I'm good. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. I, I don't... I don't see it the same way, and I'd be surprised if he was banned for life just because everything else you've ever heard about Alex Cora is like what a you know great dude he is, how how good he is with everyone, and how well liked and respected he is. Um, that's all taking a substantial hit, but um, but yeah, I would assume that there's enough goodwill there as long as he's been contrite that he probably won't get uh, won't get fully death penalty out of the game. Yeah, I would agree with you. I want to say death penalty tonight. I don't know why. You really do. I feel like it's like a kiss of death, and not a death penalty, more than anything. But I'm not a fan yeah. of the term generally, but for some reason, it just it all feels appropriate. Um, and it's just one. Of, it's crazy because the, this whole off season, it just feels like it's just one goddamn scandal to the next. Like, and 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 maybe it's because we cover the team, and like other people aren't paying much attention to stuff that isn't Tiger specific. I don't know, but uh, but it's just been one thing after the other as far as the integrity of the game goes from. The baseball to you know attacking the the minor leaguers, um, you know it's and the potential for like a robot strike zone, like all these changes that they mm-hmm. want to put in. It's just very hard to, I don't know, to kind of block this all out and just enjoy baseball. And uh, it, it, it on is. The one it hand, feels like there is a bit of a dark cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of you know kind of like wedges into the integrity of the game right now that don't really seem like they're going to be sort of easily resolved and then you put that up against the the impending labor you know clash that that seems you know at least you know the the major leaguers and the or the major league side and the owner's side seem dead set on having mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i don't know it doesn't feel great like i can't help but enjoy this this topic because it's just so goddamn crazy um but by the same token it sucks it sucks that so much of the so much of the ink that gets spilled on baseball these days is them just kind of blundering from one kind of weird mistake to the next, and you know b- the endless botching of the domestic violence issue. Like it's Ugh. just on and on. Like the, the, unfortunately, these are far too much the stories when we're at a time when there are just a shit ton of amazing young players in the game that should be getting all the ink. So yeah, it's a drag, and then a lot of times always the bad apples, right? Yep. Yeah, but it's also the league and and the the owners, you know, continually kind of putting these things to the forefront. So, I don't know. Well, I know where the bad apples come from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but man, we need we need some damn baseball. That's, that, I think that's the only cure for all this. One month, we are less than a month away from pitchers and catchers. Yep, yeah, we are getting into the home stretch. Somebody asked me last night on. Well, no. I guess it was in, in one of the comments. Someone asked about Isaac Paredes and the fact that um, Yaquiz del, del Obregon, who it was his Mexican Winter League team, are going into the playoffs, and he's no longer playing on the roster. And I thought about it, and I was like, oh, I know why. It's because 
there's only five weeks till the regular season and they want all those guys to just stop playing now and take a break and that's awesome we're all over we're in the it through the looking glass i can see oh, god bless pitchers yeah. and catchers reporting in yeah five weeks or, or less so that that part feels good florida trips are nigh yep 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 so yeah i don't know i i guess i've i've said all all i want to about the astros right now i'm sure more will come out <laughs> But. Yeah, there's going to be more, and then I think we'll we'll still have to hear what the official kind of breakdown of what happens to the Red Sox is going to be. Um, it's not going to have quite as much of a hit as far as the management goes, obviously, because like I said, Dave Dombrowski was obviously already fired this past off season, um, so it's not like they can take Heim Loom <laughs> and yeah. make him suffer the penalty for it. Um, and of course, Cora just just left slash was fired. Um, so I think it's going to be a matter of what they lose in terms of potential draft picks, in terms of what kind of fine they get. Um, but I, I'm imagining it's going to be pretty similar to what happened with the Astros, um, just with fewer, and, and obviously Cora will still get some kind of a suspension from the game itself, yeah. um, as might well Dombrowski, but I don't think it's going to hurt him as much because nobody's hired him this off season. So yeah. he can just take a vacation for a year. Yeah. And I think it's less clear sort of what went on with the the Red Sox still. I mean, there's the, you know, there's the, the Apple Watch thing goes back a ways, but yeah, you do, when something like this happens, it's just weird because it it's so all-consuming that it changes how everything in the past looks. Like, everything in retrospect looks different. And you do kind of wonder about, like, yeah, Dombrowski getting fired, and, um, you know, which seemed, you know, kind of odd at the time. Um, you know, you, you wonder about that sort of thing. You wonder about like how various trades would, would all be different, you know, the perception of different players who were with the Astros or played against the Astros would change. It really, that, that's the worst part about all this is that it, it just, you know, it just puts, if, if it's Schrodinger's cat, it like puts it all back in the box and anybody can kind of guess anything or say anything about what m- might've happened. And it, it just, uh, yeah, it just really screws up the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To put it to put it in terms of a, like a Marvel Universe situation, it's like oh, you guys started a whole new timeline, and then now we have to go in reverse and back into the past and change all the timeline in that way. It's like Jesus Christ, it's too much. <laughs> Somebody write a new story, <laughs> quick. <laughs> Let's just have a standalone movie, guys. It'll be fine. Yep, Black Widow, please. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, just give me Scarlet kicking ass and tight clothes. I forgot that Florence Pugh is in that <laughs> movie and. Oh yeah, so pumped! Oh yeah, uh, she was easily one of the seen Midsummer, but apparently she's amazing in that, and she did get nominated for an Oscar for Little Women. Uh, so Florence Pugh for the win! All right, yeah, I didn't know she was in that. Yeah, she's so, yeah. yeah, she's great. I love her. Yeah. So, uh, do we want to talk a little bit about signing news? Because um, the big news of today was that Josh Donaldson finally came to terms with the team. Yep. Uh, and it's not good news for the Tigers. Yep. Uh, he signed a four-year deal with the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, for what, like a hundred and eight million? Pretty, pretty reasonable dollars for a four-year deal. Yeah, um, thirty-three year old. But yeah, some people are suspecting that maybe he like took a lesser offer because he was on the market for so long. But I don't think that that's the case. I think that's probably what he had hoped for and what he was planning to sign for. So um, that is a monster. Uh, kind of lineup that they've established over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Twins, I think it's theirs to lose right now. Yeah, I agree. And unfortunately, you know, the, the other side of it is that their farm system 
is probably better than ours too and their front office is really good um so yeah the, the twins are setting up to be I, I won't they're not really into dynasty looking territory yet because i still need to see them like come up with like an ace or two somehow or make those those final moves to to get the big pieces on the pitching side but yeah that uh, that lineup and and positional group is really good um yeah. plus former tigers blaine hardy and alex avila yeah in the mix, so I think yeah. I might be driving down to see some Twins games this summer. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to, to a degree that doesn't really matter so much to us because the Tigers aren't going to be particularly relevant for at least another two seasons, presumably, if not more. And so by the time that happens, like, Donaldson probably doesn't matter that much at that point. He'll be 36 or something. Um, but, yeah, it just kind of goes to the Twins being a really good organization that doesn't even have to run a high payroll to still, you know, put this good a team on the field, still have a strong farm and be able to still make a big move like this if they, if they really want to. So yeah, that's not good news for anybody. Um, Cleveland, it's just really hard to know what the hell they're doing. So I, I don't really know what to say other than that their pitching staff will always be good. And so, you know, the, they should have a shot and the White Sox have made some, some pretty big moves mm-hmm. this, this off season as well. So um, I don't know. It's it's no surprise that it will come down to the Tigers and the Royals battling for the for the basement spot again. Um, we we just hope that the Tigers can win, you know, sixty five, seventy games and not just look like an all time historic disaster. And I think they've done, I think they've done enough on that front at least. I think so too. I think that I, I tweeted about this too, but I said that none of the signings they've made have been exciting, but they've all been good. Like not great. But, like, yeah. good acquisitions, good kind of actually smart moves. Um, obviously, they just signed Ivan Nova this week, um, which is is an interesting choice. Yeah, um, but not but bad not, at all. Yeah. No, he's an innings-eating kind of guy. He's got a fairly consistent four-something ERA for the most part. Um, but he's a guy that can go, like, long-term. Like, I think he played 34. He started 34 games last year. Yeah. Which is bonkers um so i mean where we have the guys that have been kind of inconsistently healthy for us and have kind of vacillated between being able to perform i feel like at the very least we'll be able to get like five good innings out of ivan nova every five days and really can you ask for anything else yeah he like um he makes for the especially for the price because he it's kind of crazy that he's you know, basically like a 1.5 war to two war guy every year very mm-hmm. durable and at this point, you know, th- that kind of free agent, you know, it just isn't worth very much. And so like, yeah, I think it was 1.4. I think the Tigers paid for him or something like that. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. 500,000 in incentives. I think 2 million total if he, if he hits all of his incentives, which is, yeah, v- very reasonable. And I think um, maybe the thing that's, that's not so great about this is that the Tigers pretty clearly, especially based on Alavila's comments last week where he kept bringing up Jake Rogers and how it was a mistake to bring him up too early and all that the Tigers are going to be probably real stubborn about bringing up uh, their pitching prospects based based on on all this. Like they've signed Zach Godley, who's another guy who they're going to look to, perhaps if he looks good enough in the spring, to you know pitch the middle relief and be available to spot start. Um, Dario Agrizal, who they you know they picked up on what, like a waiver claim or or they or maybe they flipped. A player for him. I think they just picked him up on a waiver claim. 
from the Pirates, and he cleared waivers now, and it will be at AAA. So they've got, like, a host of kind of mediocre back-end starter-type guys um, that will allow them to put off calling up Matt Manning or Casey Mize as, as long as possible. Um, and that that's kind of a drag, but they definitely seem to have learned their lesson last year. Um, you know, they picked up two pitchers, which you would think would be enough, but then... Bo Burrows and Kyle Funkhauser, who, you know, we thought might graduate from Toledo and be at least some help. Um, those guys weren't very effective and then were both kind of hurt. And you just see how fast, um, you know, the pitching staff can un- unravel that way. And then, you know, I wrote uh, the pr- prospect profile on Anthony Castro, um, who's a, a pretty good relief prospect for the Tigers, who the Tigers wanted to be a reliever, I think, last year. Um, they, we've been talking about them converting him for a long time. They finally seemed like they did it for the first first four outings of the season, and then guys started getting hurt, and guys started getting called up, and guys started getting moved up. And next thing you know, Anthony Castro is back starting f- for the most part all year. And so whatever their plan was, you know, there goes out the window too. So these things have ripples, obviously, all the way down through an organization like that. And this, um, yeah, getting Nova into the mix r- really should kind of let them be able to dictate the terms of how they're going to use their, their pitching prospects um, this season. So that might suck from the standpoint of not seeing any of those guys um, until September. But if that's, you know, if that's what they think is the right thing to do, then they're right to do what they have to do to make sure they can do it that way. So, And that's even if in September, because of course the expanded rosters are shrinking yeah. to 28. So that kind of limits things there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I still think we'll see one or two of them. I, I, would, someone, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Neither Manning or Mize, I think you got to see. Yeah, um, someone will force Depending on their right. seasons, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's that. I guess, it, you know, overall, like, the signing, I really like the CJ Crone signing. I'm fine with the Jonathan Scope signing. I'm fine with Nova. Fine with, with Romine. The thing is that, once again, though, nothing, nothing here has any impact on the rebuild. Like, there's been no... Mm-hmm. No progress um, on the rebuilding front this entire offseason, which is still pretty disturbing to me. I'd still like to see them try to trade for a player, um, you know, try to make a move for someone um, that, that, that they can have here long term who is of a better caliber than the 30-odd fourth outfielder types they have um, between Detroit and Toledo right now. So I'd like to see them start doing some things with that. We, the one advantage that we have now is that the organization is deep. Um, yeah. You know, the top tier prospects aren't necessarily there on the positional side, but there are enough like depth guys that you could flip to get someone and and try them out and maybe keep them and sign them. And um, I hate to keep bringing up Travis Shaw, but that's another example of a dude where, you know, the Tigers reached out to him. He didn't want to play here. Well, that's perfectly fine. But if the Tigers had been calling around to low payroll payroll teams, inquiring about guys who were in arbitration and were coming off bad years to see if they could pluck someone on the cheap. Um, these are the prospects that you can use to do that. The guys who you're going to see like ranked like 15th to 30th on our list who most of whom aren't going to have much of a major league impact, if any. So I would like to see them start kind of converting some of those guys into actual major league players, um, where possible and, and just doing some things. Really the only thing that they've done in terms of improving the organization beyond next year is the fact that they hired um, a few new coaches. They've got a new player development um, chief in Kenny Graham. They've got a new minor league pitching coordinator in Dan Hubbs, and they hired Dr. Georgia Giblin to run like a performance science um, kind of 
arm of the organization. And that, all, those all, you know, we don't know what the effects are, but those moves are all sound. They all make good sense to have done that. We've been calling for them to do those goddamn things for years. So I'm not going to complain that it uh, that they finally did them, um, just that it took so long. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of weird because, it you know, there's we had a fan post. I wish I could remember the guy's name. But uh, just the other day, talking about, you know, Illich selling the team and how everything that they've done kind of makes a lot of sense if you're going to sell the team. Like, you're mm-hmm. not committing any long-term money. You're going to try to boost um, ticket sales next year by putting a more watchable team on the field. I think those goals are all accomplished. I have no idea if they're going to sell the team, but I can certainly understand the feeling that they might because, yeah, they seem completely averse to making any moves that might affect the team, you know, down the road for good or ill. Um, so, I don't know. The conspiracy-minded can can keep yeah. thinking about all that. But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that, yeah, nothing here is, is going to last beyond next year. Um, you know, maybe they sign somebody back. Maybe C.J. Crone has a good year. The Tigers draft. Uh, Martin or Hancock instead of Spencer Torkelson in the draft, and they say, "Hey, we'll take C.J. Crone if we can get him for three or four years now." Um, you know, bam, there we go. Not too expensive. There's our first baseman um, through the rebuild. But yeah, yeah, for the time being, yeah, it's it's all all pretty short term thinking. But um, but yeah, at least uh, the the team should be more fun to watch. And I guess yeah, and I right think now we'll, the... we'll we'll just deal with that much at least. That's the win I kind of go for because it is the win that'll serve us fans in the in the now, um, and it is kind of important to have a team that you don't want to die while you're watching them. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do it what they did the last two years, like putting no. the worst teams of all time on the field. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's just shitty to do to your fans, um, and and really just indefensible. Um, you know. I don't know, maybe they thought they were tanking. I don't think so. I think it, it sort of just was a, they didn't do that much, and then everything went wrong <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. But, yeah. So I don't imagine what we're going to be in for a, a sub-50 win season this year, but um, but it's probably not going to be real eye-popping either, and we'll just, you know, we'll just have to take what we're given, I guess, or not if you're the type of fan that's just like, hey, fuck you, Tigers, I'm not spending any money until, you know, until you look like you can be at least a 500 team, which I respect <laughs> if that's how you feel. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck. I can't. I can't say no. I gotta keep watching. I mean, yay. yes, because I do it for money, <laughs> but also because I just I can't. I can't give them up. Yep. I can't let them go. Yep. That's the, that's the problem. Like you know, I mean, it's it's beyond being romantic about baseball, and it's just like there are there are guys in the team who I like and who I, I think are good and can be good, and I want to see them, and I want to see. How the farm system develops and it's like putting Stockholm some... syndrome really. It really is. I know, and I'm like kind of immune to that on most fronts, but not with not with baseball. No, I didn't watch the Lions from 1990 until 2010, except on probably like Thanksgiving or if I was at like a a party and someone had it on, I'd watch. Um, so I missed like all the Barry Sanders era, which is like you know one of the best eras um, you know of Detroit sports as far as a lot of people are concerned, even though they didn't really do anything other than Barry Sanders was awesome. Um, but I saw the highlights, so. So that's how it goes, but I, I'm not the type. I'm like I'm I'm good with like if you guys are that bad and this organization is that inept, I am not going to pay attention. There's a lot of things that interest me in life. I know you're the same. <laughs> there are other things we can do, but baseball. I have books that could be read. Yeah, baseball, I can't do it. I I just can't. I can't give it up. So, yeah. So they've got us for another year, and uh, you know it'll be on the Tigers to earn us uh, 
earn us in 2021. We'll see. You're going to have to keep we'll us see. Tigers. <laughs> we'll see if they've earned our devotion. Mm-hmm. Our stupid, stupid devotion. I know. Our insane devotion. I know. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of about it. Um, we've had a couple prospect profiles up just in the last couple days of Anthony Castro, who I mentioned, and Brian Garcia. Um, people can go check those out on the site. If they haven't already, both of those guys are likely to be in the bullpen in Detroit um, for at least stretches this season and, and get their first chance. Um, Cooper Johnson we profiled. I think who did that? I think Trevor Huth, um, one of our newer writers, did a pretty good write-up on him. Um, catcher that the Tigers drafted in the sixth round. And is a really good defensive catcher um, who looks like he has power but possibly can't hit. Um, so, you know, Jake Rogers 2.0 perhaps. We'll just see how that goes. But um, but those those profiles are up, and um, we're going to keep cranking those out. And, yeah, we're about at that time of the season where we can start doing all the, the season preview stuff for the Tigers too. So that will all be rolling out fairly soon. Yeah, um, I'm going to do more of my history stuff starting this week if that's your jam. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Any uh, new YouTube video the last day? Yeah, uh, yeah, I had one today slash, I guess yesterday, timeline-wise, about the new rules for 2020. Um, and then I don't remember what lingo lesson is going up on Saturday, but there will be one. All right. Uh, and then I have a video coming on Thursday all about mascots. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah, we'll have to see what the uh, the Norwich Sea Unicorns have in store for us. Oh my <laughs> god, year. I'm so ready. Yeah, I'm curious. I did notice that like a host of minor league teams already have some kind of like trash can theme shirt like working. You can leave it. One one thing about the well, minor of, leagues is that they're the laboratory for the advertising. Yankees team <laughs> is giving away mini trash cans. Yeah, that's the gorgeous. best. Yeah, the Dodgers really need to get on that as well. Oh my god, absolutely. Lord. Alright, so yeah, check all of our content out over at blessyouboys.com. You can follow Ashley at 90 Feet From Home on Twitter, and you can follow me at Fiscadoro74 on Twitter. Uh, hope you guys all have a good week, and we'll be back at you probably next Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> Ashley, have a good night. You too. See ya. <laughs>